to the Chile Today podcast. I'm Bethany Francis. And I'm Lenny Kluge. We're two immigrants living in Chile talking about Chilean news, cultural events, travel, business, and more. If you want to support our podcast, check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash the Chile Today podcast. That's one word. www.patreon.com slash the Chile Today podcast. Okay, for our recording. <laughs> Uh, hey, Lenny. Hey, Bethany. Oh, you're making fun of my inflection. Am I? Oh, no, that was actually... That's just your voice? Oh, okay. How are yeah. you? No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited because on Sunday, I'm doing my first D&D table, or I'm participating in my first D&D table for the first time in like six years, so I'm very excited. I met with the dungeon master last night. I'm oh, so cool. I just wanted cool. to ask you, you're not going to be the dungeon master. No, no, no. I've tried that, and it was so stressful, I couldn't even. So I was like, you know, I just want to play, and uh, so I finished creating my character last night with the DM, getting some like tips and tricks, and I'm ready to go. So what are you? I am, oh my god, the four listeners, I am a, elf. an elf yes. that Ooh. grew up in the Feywild, meaning I'm a specific type of elf called an Eladrin from the Winter Court, and I'm Unsully, which means I, yeah, like sorry, Unsully, Unsealy, like, sorry. Which is like the Unsullied. I'm, I'm Unsullied. Unsealy, yeah. I got, a, yeah. The, I'm in the Unsealy well, Court. Well, actually. Yeah, that, my bad. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a male, pansexual, sexy elf with black hair that's really shy. So welcome to the Chile Today so podcast, <laughs> um, bringing you the latest in news. And, and news and updates in Chile, but, you know, and, you wanted to you know, know about what I'm doing in my life. That's what I'm doing in my life. Stiff. yeah. Fairies and stiff. And stiff, fairies and stuff. I don't know why I said stiff, but hey. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, if fairies make you stiff, I'm not judging. Hey, man, no king shaman here. No king shaman. So anything else you've been doing with your life? Oh, uh, you have more um, soda. Oh, yeah. I got more soda. I mean, we still need the thumbs up from the from the health ministry. Because as long as we don't have that, we can't sell. But they arrived last, this week. And thank God. Yeah, if you don't know, Lenny is an importer of German sodas. I'm the soda don. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. the dawn of soda. Yeah. Uh, the rebirth, if you will. The renaissance of soda. <laughs> um, speaking From of, the Michelangelo of soda. Speaking of sodas and free things and fun things, um, follow us on our Patreon. Um, you guys that are on our Patreon have noticed we have so many tips for you if you're traveling in Chile or if you want to know more about Chile. We have tip sheets. Just the tip. Tip sheets on... Um, how to, I don't know, get around Chile. We have best places to brunch in Chile. Recently, what was your, what, the last thing the that we added? Useful apps to have in Santiago. Useful apps to have while you're visiting Chile. How to get, a, you know. Yeah, we're not talking about Facebook, Twitter, because everybody has that. No, no, no. These are like specifically oh, wow. Chile-oriented yeah. apps that you can use on your phone. We have tips, all like tip sheets once a month. And then, of course, if you are on our 5 to $20 level, you get all of the things from all of the months plus freebies and all sorts of fun things yep sign up pay us um, money make us rich Discord. i need a, i need a second corvette <laughs> whatever <laughs> <laughs> oh god if i had a corvette nice? i wouldn't be playing dungeon dragons on the weekend yeah you still would i it's would fun. it is fun 
Anyway, so what I was going to say is this episode is going to be dedicated to updating you guys on news because we've been focusing on fake news <laughs> so for the past... Dedicate the episode to somebody. This one's this dedicated one's dedica- to... Hey, it's dedicated. Honestly, it's dedicated to all of our patrons. Oh. It's dedicated <laughs> to them. all of our patrons. Shout out to some of our new patrons. We have... Patrick, Patrick B, Patrick F, Nina, Karen, Kelly, and Mauricio G. All of you guys, new guys to the pod, we love Ooh, you. The Patreon posse. Yeah. So, um, but what I was gonna say, but we love you, patrons. But what I was gonna say is um, that we're doing a news episode because we've been focusing on fake news. We thought you'd actually want to know the real stuff that's <laughs> that's going on in Chile, <laughs> not the fake stuff. Um, uh, so, you want to get us started off, sure, Lenny? Sure, but I think let's tell them a little bit about upcoming events. Okay, so the first thing I want to mention is we have a change of a, the date for our upcoming pub quiz. Yes. We're changing it from um, the 20th of August to the 10th of September because of reasons. So, that one's going to be on September 10th. But before that, we have some other things coming up. The most recent event or the most the closest event to where we are now is on August 11th. That's the horrible movie night, which is debate or not whether it's horrible. It's definitely cringy, which is Zoolander. And we're going to play like cringy 90s and early aughts bingo. So like you have to play bingo with like things that you see that make you cringe, like really bad German accents or like, yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. Or like, you know, I don't know, different things. Like that cat meow, like, like the, the middle part haircuts, the middle part haircuts, track suits, track, yeah, suits. track suits, all of the like Play really shows. corny, sassy, stoners. what stoners, stoners, like all of the stereotypes that existed in the early aughts and nineties. So it's gonna be fun, baggy pants, yes. So that one's on Low the eleventh. Low key, se- no, I mean those like <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, you know like kind of like I don't know blatant homophobia. Like let's just not. Um, no homo, no homo moments. No Those homo are moment. no homo moments. You know, in like of. <gasps> Sorry, Pinguino just showed me a picture of Boric in a hard hat from the inauguration today in a little red vest, and it's absolutely that adorable. Is... You would. It looks like he's trying not to mess up his hair, but like what hair? Can somebody crochet you know I mean? that one? <gasps> like the Bernie no, doll. No, that's such a good idea. Oh, it's so adorable. Okay, so anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Focusing. <laughs> oh, yes, we're professionals. Focusing. Okay, August 26th, the Chistolas are hosting a bilingual comedy show at uh, Gran Refugio in Providencia, right? Yes. You're performing. Yes, I am. That's I so great. I still don't know what, but I'll be performing. That's great. I mean, in the worst case, I just do a tap dance or whatever. That's even greater. I hope that happens. And then, um, so that one um, is on the 26th. Then on the 30th, we're doing a new event, or the Chichelles are doing a new event, which is an English book exchange. We're going to come and play a game and exchange books in English, and it's going to be super fun. And if you are a patron on the Patreon, on all of those things, you either are going to get a free beer or free entry or some sort of freebie at every event. So check that out. And that's what we got so far. Or unless you have other events that you have written down. Meh. Your birthday or something like that? No, my birthday's in December. Write that down. Uh, I'm not going to write Send me down. flowers. No, don't send me flowers. Ooh, yeah. Send me flowers on his birthday. I want flowers. Send me cake. You can send me <gasps> cake. Cake is great. Okay. Now I want cake. Okay. So, now for reals, we're going to get to okay. the news. The news this this month. <clears throat> mm, 
Yes. You're going to start us off? The news, yes, of course, because I'm going to start off, as per usual, with the COVID-19 update. I don't mm-hmm. know, should we put this to bed soon? Because apparently nobody cares really more, but it's still there. I mean, just a little bit of a quickie, a quickie update. Oh, you don't know me very well, do you? Oh, man. Oh, no, actually, this one is actually a lot shorter than the last one. So, as of today, Friday, August 5th, we got 11,216 cases and a positivity rate of Ooh. 15.4%. That is a lot. That is a lot, but I usually only look at the positive rate because it really depends on how much they're testing on any given day. Because, I mean, we've had, I don't know, like the last couple of weeks, numbers as low as like 5,000. But yeah. then they, the, positive, the positive rate kind of stayed the same, which means they just did a lot fewer tests overall. So it's not a, it's not a great number. So that's why I'm always looking at the positive rate. So Positivity. Positive, yeah, positivity or positive? Positive. I said positive. Positivity. Okay. We're serious journalists. Absolutely. Okay, so in other COVID-related news, a study by the Imperial College in London has shown that since the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines, a total of 19.8 million deaths have been avoided thanks to the vaccines worldwide. Nice! High five! High five. But only with our elbows. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because we're still, you know, responsible and shit. In this podcast circle, none of us have had COVID yet that we know of. Just don't. Jinx it. Don't jinx it. Okay, knock on your wood. Yeah. I mean, knock on wood. No, I'm knocking on my wood. <laughs> okay, so... It's been a long week. In that study, like Chile in particular, in particular appeared in uh, in that study with a rate of uh, 76 avoided deaths per 10,000 people, which gives you a total of around 146,000 people, or about 0.8% of Chile's overall population. That doesn't sound all that impressive, 0.8%, but consider that the overall COVID body count, sorry for the choice of words here, is is currently at around 60,000. So if it wasn't for the vaccine, it would be more than three times as high. Jesus. So thank you, vaccines. Thanks, technology and science. And High we're really, really, really going to need those vaccines because finally, 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 the infamous BA4 and BA5 <clears throat> subvariants of the Omicron virus or variant have arrived in oh, Chile. Wasn't there a nickname that accidentally caught on on the, on Twitter? Yeah, but that was the. Oh no, a different one. The There's too many. Seven five. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting oh, okay, there. Okay, okay. Yeah, but yep, yep, they're finally here. I was really fo- looking forward to it because you know I thought it was never going to happen. Yep, chest pump. So they are, of course, you know, they are a lot more contagious than the quote-unquote classic Omicron variant because, you know, otherwise nobody would really care. And it seems... Oh, yeah, there's Omicron. Yeah, there's still the Omicron. I keep forgetting which which phase we're in. Yeah, I'm kidding, man. Which phase of the... which mutation... So it's it's not quite that clear, apparently, of how much more contagious they are. But when this news first broke more than a month ago, it was just spotted in the Coquimbo region. And 15 out of 40 positive results tested positive for one of these two subvariants. That's 37.5%. So that's quite sizable. And, you know, that was two, like, more than a month ago. So you right. can imagine that's a lot more now. Actually, and epi- epidemiologist Gabriel Cavara just recently said a few days ago that the rise in reinfections in the north is still it's pretty much the harbinger of a new wave of infection. So, mm. welcome to the new wave. Welcome to the new wave. <laughs> surf it. Yep, surf the new wave. Surf it. I mean, at least we're like at the peak of winter right now. We're moving back into spring-ish, so I guess maybe that's going to mitigate this whole thing a little bit, but I wouldn't Before count on winter. it. Yep. That, and I've already heard, um, I mean, we've, in Chile, we already have our fourth vaccine, like, ready yeah. and done, and la- hace meses, like, all three of us have had our vaccines 
months ago. I didn't even remember when I got one. Yeah. Uh, there are already murmurs about a fifth yep, for us. Yeah, there is actually. I've read about that. But just I just skipped it. I think it's due to be due, due to be due to be due in October. <laughs> Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo. Uh, October, September, October, something like that. The, and then they go, of course, yeah. based on when you got your previous vaccine. Yeah, probably so. it's September. Not nobody's going to care in September. Everybody's drunk in September. Oh, no. Unless September, they, we unless just... Unless they do vaccinations at the Fondas. <gasps> that would be like, such a get great a shot idea. And get a terremoto. <laughs> That literally, that is how you can vaccinate government, the entire if you country. Listen. If government of Chile, if you're listening. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm, you know, Boric, for if hire. you're listening, you want to hang out? You want to hang out? <laughs> you want to wanna, you wanna learn English here? Mal says I'm not allowed to invite you to my wedding, but secretly you're invited. Yeah, all right. It's going to be fun. So, yeah, so they said, like, so that news broke more than a month ago. There are apparently a lot more contagious subvariants. Still, like, you know, a month later, the, the positivity rate is still oscillating between 12 and 15%. So apparently it hasn't really caught on that much. But I mean, we are. Maybe Chileans do like to hide inside during winter. Good point. Like, Good that's point. the thing is, like, it is. More, we do have this whole, like, oh, winter, things are more contagious. But the thing about, like, if it's rainy or whatever, like, Chileans go to bars less We're like or the get COVID out. We're like COVID role models. Really, if we only are. Other people, if other countries only could other be more people like us. could be scared of the rain in <laughs> Santiago. To be fair, it's in the regions is different. Yeah. So then, regional secretary, secretary, secretary. What am I saying? Regional secretary. Because you're the thinking health... sedentary, as we have been oh, in this uh, like winter. I... Yeah. Oh, Sagittarius. Well, like, I'm a Sagittarius, but I'm oh, also... are you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's adorable. Actually, I am the. There's another. There's actually a thirteenth sign. I'm <laughs> Have you ever? Have you listened to this podcast? Yeah. You got to edit it, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like the thirteenth sign. There's a thirteenth. We can talk about after. It's really I was born on the cusp of Aries and Pisces, which means I'm both a fire and a water sign at the oh same my God, time. I, can't even, I, I know. My God. Okay. Ah, oh my God. So, regional secretary of the health ministry, Paula Salas, she implored people to get up to date with the vaccinations since these variants have shown to actually sidestep natural immunity response of previously infected people. So that might also <laughs> explain why we don't see so much oscillation in the positivity rate, because a lot of people here are vac uh, vaccine, vaccinated. They are vaccines. But people that got infected with the COVID before and have not been with the COVID and have not been vaccinated, they are more susceptible to getting reinfections with these new BA4 and BA5 subvariants. One of my students today said his boss has had COVID three times. And I'm like, what is he doing? Is he just like, he like licking a, poles at this point? Maybe like, it's like this, this this card. Like if you get 10 stamps, you get one for free. I don't know. It's like free COVID. <laughs> you get free, a free COVID. <laughs> yes, again. It's a special you. club that you get in. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's so, called yeah. being a Petri dish for a scientist. <laughs> the Petri dish club, right? <laughs> so she implored people to get... Up to date with our vaccines, and this has also been backed by infectious disease specialist Michel Serri, who specified that while normally the immune response of previously infected people lasted up to three months, with the arrival of the new variants, it's now closer to about one and a half months to two months. So, get your vaccine. That's we all we're trying to say. This. You know, you, say. you know us. If you've never listened to us before, we are. We're vaccine pushers. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty. You can call us that. I don't mind. And if you join the Patreon, you get one discount ticket on a vaccine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you get one vaccine for free. <laughs> we made it ourselves. Trust us. We made the vaccine. You get it's five. called Proviant. Yeah, just got... drink it, though. Yeah, yeah. Or inject, you get 5G, whatever. 
So yeah, but you were talking about like this thing that had a nickname. So oh, I yeah. think okay, look, there is actually another subvariant that is ravaging the European continent, ravaging. the North American continent right Ooh. now. Hey man, dude, like I, mean, I gotta make news interesting here. Yeah. The old world. The old world and the new world, but only the northern part of the new world. That is a subvariant BA two point seven five, and that is better known as the Centaur subvariant. I mean, yes! who comes up with these names? Like, no, I think it was literally like, it's like it was like evil a, shit right I, here. I think it was something like that. I read it on Twitter or something. Somebody literally made it as a joke, like on a podcast or something, and then it caught on. I don't remember what it was. If somebody remembers, let me know. I'm not trying to spread fake news, but it was something like that, and everybody was like, I, it "Yes," wasn't, but it wasn't that. That it wasn't Centaur. No, it was like it was a joke, and then it caught on oh, the centaur oh, okay, variant. Okay, so I didn't catch that. Yeah, that yeah, is... it was a joke on like a podcast or um, I don't know a tweet or something. So I don't remember what it was, but Jesus it started caught on the centaur variant. Yeah. I love it. I think what are it's we hilarious. Have next time, the harbinger variant. Like... I mean, it doesn't matter what we call it. Like honestly, it's all SARS four pints and thin. We might as well variant. have fun with it. Come oh, on. Lord. I mean, it sounds very end of the world, apocalyptic, whatever. But, I mean, yeah. as long as people stay in where. Fucking mask and wash their hands. I gotta tell you, the the hand washing has gotten really irresponsible as of late. Yeah, yeah, I'm not washing my hands as, as thoroughly as I used to. I gotta admit, but at least <sighs> I'm not. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, so that subvariant apparently came originally out of India, and according to a study by the Dutch Public Health Institute, the subvariant is up to more than five times as contagious as the original Omicron variant. So, but not necessarily more aggressive. So sure. let's see how long it takes to get to Chile. Um, we'll see. We're, we're taking bets. It'll end up in Talca. We're taking bets, yeah. <laughs> It'll end up in Talca. So uh, related to that, we have Easter Island has chosen a great time to open. So a lot of you listeners have been messaging us about when can you go finally to Easter Island because that's one of, you know, like a really popular Chilean tourist destination, right? You can go now! Okay, Yay. so... The first group of tourists went to Easter Island yesterday, that was the 7th, after more than two years of them being closed down. And I imagine the natives of Easter Island really enjoyed those two years without tourists. Love you all tourists. I want to go to Easter Island one day. But then they were just like, we got to eat. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that is like the main, you know, the main... Source of income. There you go. That's the word. Uh, So, uh, Easter Island... You know, the place with the giants, Moai heads, for those of you who don't know, uh, is it, it's actually the biggest open-air museum in the world. I don't know if you knew that. It's considered an open-air museum. The island well, is considered... That a great pop quiz question, but then you just ruined that. Well, you know what? Honestly, <laughs> we're going to make it a pub quiz question, and if you listen to the podcast, oh. you'll get that question for free. Shit. So, this was... Um, the mayor of Easter Island was talking about this. And it has been 868 days as of yesterday, the 7th, since Easter Island was open to tourists. I don't know, man. Like, if I were Easter Island, I mean, yes. I mean, look, okay, I, I can say that because I actually grew up on an island myself, not Easter Island, but also an island that is very much relies on tourism. And in a way, yes, we were annoyed by the tourists that came in every summer, but also, like, winter is just so dull. It's just nothing so happening. So, boring. like, if, if you get like a new, like, especially if you're in your teens and you find, like, eh, somebody you want, might want to hook up with, you know, some, you know, fresh meat there. Okay. okay. <laughs> hey, come on, man. We've been all year. We've all been I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm not an islander. I'm from Arkansas. So, mean, nobody people? wanted my culture. <laughs> nobody wants it. The French sold it. <laughs> yep. Um, so, what the mayor, Edmund, uh, sorry, 
Pedro Edmonds said is that in this process they've learned to take care of themselves and now they're going to focus on taking care of tourists. Visitors must be fully vaccinated and present a negative PCR test taken no more than 24 hours before boarding a domestic flight Sorry, to the taking island. Taking care of tourists, that sounds so like taking such a care of that sound, No, that sounds like a thinly veiled threat to me. Oh, we're, 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 taking, we're, care, we're taking care of tourists. We're you taking know, care of I mean, so here's the thing. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I'm assuming that fully vaccinated means from my what my research says, it would be the same type of quote unquote fully vaccinated that you can get into Chile, which means three vaccines. Because again, in Chile, you have to have four vaccines if you're a Chilean slash a resident. If you're a tourist, three vaccines, not two, three. Or a negative PCR test taken no more than 24 hours before boarding, boarding the domestic flight to the island, which is what you have to take to get to the island. Um, when you arrive to Chile the first time, you have to take an antigen test. Anyway, you can still get there. Latam Airlines says it's reopened the route. And um, there are only going to be two flights right now, Thursdays and Saturdays. But they're going to add more. And gradually increasing the frequency. And they're going to be coordinating with authorities. So if you've been waiting, which I have several of you have been messaging me about, like, how you really wanted to go to Easter Island. When is it going to open? It is open now. So... I don't know if there's going to be a big, like, rush for everybody to go there. I doubt it since it's still winter. Yeah. Um, but there you go. It's open. If, if you have the time, if you can afford to go, it's it's beautiful, man. Just take your own take your own food. Take a cooler with your own food. Because, you can take a f- Yeah, because it's a domestic flight. You can, a lot of people do that. You, they actually take yeah. a cooler. They take it as a cabin baggage because food is just really expensive on Easter Island. Yeah, because everything is imported. Yeah. Absolutely everything is imported to Easter Island. Um, which I wonder, because the mayor did say, like, we've been learning to take care of ourselves. I wonder if they've been, like, really creative about how to, like, do other things with, I don't know, other resourceful, more independent things that relied less on the mainland, as it were. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I like, don't know. attracting people from Tahiti, or? No, I just, I meant, like, I don't know, being more independent. I don't know. I think it's always good to be more independent. Amazon data send us? Google data okay. send us? Okay. Uh. What's your next thing? <laughs> okay, fine. Well, since we haven't talked enough about the Constitution these last week, let, let me talk about a little bit more about the Constitution. So, the closer we get to September 4th, the date of the referendum, if you didn't know, the more the approval option is actually closing the gap with the still leading rechazo option in the polls. And I think that is and isn't surprising in a way. It's because of our podcasts. Of course. I mean, it's not surprising because one of the main drivers of the rechazo was the Constitutional Convention, which really proved to be, let's say, fertile soil for all sort of fake news and assorted fuckeries. Mm-hmm. If you want to know more about that fake news, yep. check out our last, out three, last three episodes. episodes. No kidding. But since the Conventional Constitutional Convention is not around anymore, like things have settled down a bit, and people have actually started reading the draft to form their own opinions about it, and they're also like little booklets and stuff like that. I'm going to talk about this a bit later. Mm-hmm. But I think it also sort of is surprising a little bit that Aprobo is gaining ground because it has come to light just how much money is going into the Rechazo campaign, especially oh co- especially compared to its counterparts. So according to an analysis of CERVEL, which is the National Voting service, so electro, electro, yeah, it's the it's the it's the it's the body that's in charge of the elections. Yeah, that one. So according to an analysis of the Cervel data, by the fact-checking or think tank platform Plataforma Contexto, about 
28 million pesos have been funneled into the rechazo campaign, while the approval campaign so far has only received less than 500,000 pesos. 500,000? That's, that's, that's 98% oh. of all the funds going to the rechazo campaign. Hold on, is it 98%? Okay, I'm just fucking up. But anyways, maybe I used wrong numbers, but... But the, the actual but, amounts are correct. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about the amounts, but what is correct is that it's 98%. The 98%. 98%. That is That's absolutely... Like five, oh, my God. And, of course, the rechazo recently was like, Boric, you're putting too much effort into... Like, you're being biased on the thing because he's recently been very much... Him and his administration have been pushing it's this, a, it's like... a fine line he's walking. I would say that, but the thing is, is, like, that they've been very positive, like, put the information out yeah, there. Yeah, and that's his right? job, but it's, it's a yeah. fine line by definition, I guess. I mean... I feel like it's not, I don't know. My opinion is if you're providing free, like free copies and making available copies of the constitution via PDF, that's just informing your public, right? About what's happening in the country. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, hold on. Whether it's like 98% or the other numbers, is it, like the point is a whole shitload of money is going to the rechazo and then just basically a few, you know, some pocket money is going to a I mean, it was just like the cast com- campaign versus the Boric campaign or the like other pro-rechazo campaign it was the same thing it's like the rich people are yep. not wanting the it to be approved so they're right, funneling all their if, money in if, if you look at the maximum amounts of the individual donation that's actually quite telling because like the largest single donation for the rechazo campaign was four million whereas the largest donation for the approval campaign was about three hundred thousand which is more than half than the total donation of that that the approval <laughs> campaign has received which is just ridiculous you know that was what the, yeah that's the thing you know and it's like i didn't know they were taking donations like, you, you, Donate three hundred right now, and you will probably be like one of the major do- donors. Oh, of the whole. This is just ridiculous. So, you know, but it's not that and, surprising. And to, to clarify, three hundred thousand is about at this point like three hundred dollars. So, <laughs> go knock yourself out. So you got, you guys. Yep. Uh, you know, I think it's not really that surprising after all if you have a closer look of who was donating to sure. the Chesso campaign. Uh, I mean, legally, they're not required to reveal their their identity, but some did, such as uh, ex-minister under the Piñera government, Felix de Vicente, construction businessman uh, Luis Bravo, as well as the Hot family, who are shareholders in Soprol and other dairy businesses. And very much related to this whole thing, the investigative team of the news portal BUBU has found that um, of the 10 Facebook pages that spent most on advertisement on the social network, and we're talking about... 10 Facebook pages in in general, like not only regarding the constitution. Seven were created explicitly for the Rechazo campaign, while Mm -hmm. one is neither pro nor contra, and the other two pages were UNICEF and the uh, ACHS, the Asociación de Chilena de Seguridad. So, like, those had absolutely nothing to do with anything. What was it about the... There's been so many bots. Do you have the bot info? No, I don't have the bot info. Let me just wrap this up. Like, one... one of the pro rechazo pages even paid more than 19 million pesos within two uh, like within two months on advertisement like just to get you an idea like how much money is going into that so you were saying something about bots oh there there are lots of bots all right thank you so <laughs> i mean i don't have any of the numbers right in front of me yeah, but like right now but there are like they actually had like Obviously, like they were, I don't know, like vast majority again don't have the numbers of Rajasal, and then like actually had like a map about where like the bots were working, right. and it was just like very obviously like super related to scaring people in like the richer neighborhoods and things like that. So, right. so you have like an army of bots on the one side, and then you have actually real Facebook pages where just a shitload of money's behind that. It's 
I mean, it's something. They are they are working hard for that rechazo to win. Oh, I read a headline today. I did not read the article, to be fair. But it was like, everybody in the world wants the Constitution to be approved except for Chileans. And I was like, well, that's very... <laughs> Would you read that? That's very... Uh, it was, I think it was like on the routers or something like that. Again, I was just reading like just Reuters. the news. Yeah, routers, routers. Routers. Routers is where my Wi-Fi comes from. Routers. R-E-U-T. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Routers. So that was an interesting thing. Now... In the last weeks, a few poll results were published, a couple of which I actually found even a bit more revealing than the diminishing gap between Aprueba and Rechazo. On Monday, 8, July 18th, Karem published the results of the latest poll, which shows that 74% of the respondents are in favor of initiating a new constitutional process in case that the Rechazo option takes the win. Like, this is something that uh, President Borch has alluded to in the preceding weeks. Right. And honestly, I was a bit surprised at this very clear result because I think what, I mean, think what you will of the constitutional draft. Like, the fact is that the Constitutional Convention has not quite covered itself with glory in the past month. <laughs> you know, there was infighting, outlandish proposals, and a bunch of half-baked norms that nobody was really happy with. But most of all, it was just an expensive endeavor. So, I mean, yeah, it costs now, money to do you know, that. And look, I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't worth it. I mean, that's that's I think that's something that everybody must decide for themselves. And I also think that a lot of the bad rap that the Constitutional Convention got was thanks to the deluge of fake news. Right. But, Bots and millions of right, dollars you know? being invested in it. But, you know, this still this still doesn't change the fact that the convention didn't look good in the eyes of the citizenry. So, you know, early May, almost 60% of the respondents of the Plaza Publica poll by Kadem said that they had little to no confidence in the Constitutional Convention. So given this, like seeing that more than 70% want another constitutional process if Richasso wins, that was a little surprising to me, I gotta say. Yeah, always yeah. take Kevin specifically with a grain of salt, though. Yeah, but, you know, I don't really see what they could get out of that kind of result. You know, you never... I, would, I say that sometimes to my, like, political friends, in Chile, literally, politician friends, and they're like, you would think no, but they, they have, like, calculations of, like, how their particular yeah. answers can influence... If something is too high, then people don't vote because they're like, ah, well, I don't need my support. Right. It's weird. Well, I don't know. Actually, there was another poll that kind of was taken together with that result that kind of put things a bit into perspective because a few weeks after that poll from Karem was released, the pollster Criteria published some results that put this a bit into perspective. It showed that uh, in the case of a new constitutional process, a majority of 56.1% of the respondents would like to see the new constitution to be drafted by a panel of experts, and only 28.9% would prefer another constitutional convention to be to be convened. So that makes a bit more sense in my eyes. Yeah. And honestly, I can sympathize with that, especially if those experts take the constitutional draft as a basis, and that way it would preserve the spirit of the document, but effectively work out the kinks, you know? Right. If you guys don't really know what we're talking about as... Um uh, the people writing the constitution are a lot of them are just Lay part of the citizenry, right. right? There's teachers, there's economists, there's engineers and lawyers, and all sorts of different kinds of people from different walks of life, um, which a lot of people were very, you know, uh, in support of because we people voted individually on who was going to be in the constitutional yeah. convention um, to have, you know, not just a bunch of lawyers. Um, with their own sort of one side. They wanted the the citizenry with different like socioeconomical levels and things like that to be involved, at least 
initially, right? Yeah. They might have changed their minds depending on what Kadem is saying right now, but... Yeah. No, I mean, the options was like either citizenry or politicians, basically, you know? And then politicians will be lawyers and business people. Lawyers <laughs> and and people with business degrees yeah, and exactly. engineers. Engineers. Yeah. Right. Commercial engineers, as they say. So, yeah. But there was another finding that, Paul, that actually caught my eye, and that is that 89.2% of the respondents agree that the current constitution has reached the end of its shelf life. And at the same time, only 15.9% don't see any need for reforms if the draft gets approved, and only 10.7% don't see any need to have the current constitution replace it if Rechazo wins. So, on the other hand, 73.3% take a position that of either approve or reject to reform. You know what I mean? Most Basically, most people want some sort of improvement exactly. on yeah i mean exactly. so this i think we've known that since you know the 80 percent of the people voted up Prevo on the first yeah but again plebiscito. like almost 90 percent of the people said like this constitution that we have right now that we can't have that anymore that's almost everybody so this means no matter whether a Prevo or a Chester wins the, on september 4th the current constitution we currently have not exactly, the, the constitutional like the thing that we're voting on so the 1980 1981, yeah. Yeah. So no matter who wins on September 4th, we have an over overwhelming majority of the citizenry pushing for reforms. Like the only question is now, which document will be the basis for these reforms? I mean, you'd say you'd think so, but like, are we going to have to hold another vote to do another prebochazo on um, our potential new new documents? We're gonna have to figure that out. Yeah, we don't know that yet. It's gonna. But the thing is that. Politicians know that whatever option wins, there need to be changes made after that. I mean, How politicians do... know that, but that doesn't necessarily mean it'll happen. You know. And then the thing is, like, I think what really is important in terms of political ideology is, okay, what document are we going to use as a basis for these changes? And I think this is where the political right made a very smart move. Because on Wednesday, July 20, the Senate passed the motion to lower the quorum or to reform the current constitution from two-thirds to four-seventh. So just so you don't have to do the math, in percentages, two-thirds is 66.6% and four-seventh is 57.1%. So four-seventh four is lower than two-thirds. The motion was presented by the centrist party Democracia Cristiana. What was surprising here is that the motion passed with only two votes against and one abstention when it, uh, and was then dispatched to the Constitutional Commission of the Chamber of Deputies, which just a few days ago voted with 10 to 1 and no abstention to let the Chamber of Deputies take the final vote on the bill. Under normal circumstances, this motion would most definitely have been smothered by the right-wing coalitions who are usually regarded as the gatekeepers for the current constitution. You right. follow? But this is not a normal situation that we are in right now. Nope. Because the political right has their nose in the wind and they know that people want change. You know, And the problem with that is that historically, due to the relatively high quorum of two-thirds required for a constitutional reform, the right has mostly been able to fend off proposals for reform that weren't mm -hmm. in line with our ideology. And people know that. Yeah. So people are like skeptical. They were like, people are like skeptical. <laughs> and they say, look, if we vote rechazo, um, like who's going to promise that the right will make the reforms that we need? Right. Th yeah. There's been so many instances. I mean, so many instances when the people have made it quite clear what they want, gotten into the streets, voted, done all the things that they need to do to ch have something change in the Constitution. It's just gotten completely like smacked down. 
once it yep. reaches um, yep. the votes, and they, so they don't have a, they don't have a great track record when it comes to that. So nope. by lowering the quorum from two thirds to four seventh, they are effectively one upping the proposal of the new constitution, which also has a quorum of four seventh for uh, constitutional reforms. Um, but for fundamental changes, the new constitution would require either a quorum of two thirds or a quorum of four seventh plus a referendum. And okay, just a caveat here, some people say that it will also need an additional thumbs up from the indigenous people, but whether that will or will not be the case, that's a completely, it's another can of worms, and it really depends on the interpretation of the respective norm. Lots of worms. So, yep, lots of worms. So if the Chamber of Deputies also decides in favor of this motion, then all of a sudden the current constitution will be even easier to reform than the new constitutional draft suggests, you know? And this could be a huge incentive, not only for those that want to reject the ref uh, reject to reform, but also for all those roughly 15% of citizenry that are still on the fence. Right. I think that's a bit, if you were pro-approval, that's a bit worrisome what's happening right there. I mean, if you're paying attention, yeah. Right, yeah. So if you're still on the fence and speak Spanish, <laughs> well, I got some news for you because the, the portal Plataforma Contexto in cooperation with the University Diego Portales, they recently published a guide to the constitutional draft called La Nueva Constitución de Chile con Peras y Manzanas, or in English, the new constitution with apples and orchards. The new constitution for, for dummies. Dumb people, yeah. Exactly. For dumb people, yeah. Exactly. For dumb people. No, for the, dummies. Jesus. Sorry, you know, like, you know, like the dummies. The dummies. <laughs> for idiots. No, no, no. Like the, the you know, the <laughs> thing that you read with the, that's yellow and black. They did yeah. basically a thing like yep, that. Exactly. So that book is 80 pages short and tries to explain key issues of the constitutional draft using simple languages and infographics. And the book is being handed off for free in certain points. To find out where you should follow the Plataforma Contexto on Twitter, on Instagram, that's at Contexto underscore CL. It's also available as a print copy for 3,900 pesos, which is cheap, or actually as a free PDF download on the website of the publisher LOM Ediciones. And in their bookstore LOM, which is located in the street Conchaitora 29 in the center, as well as in other select bookstores, I don't know which ones. Now, the search option of that website is a bit crummy. I was looking for it like in the search bar and it didn't give me any results, but you know, it took me a while and I actually found it. So I think we can post the link in the show notes so you can get a copy yourself Let's do it. or just download the PDF. I think it's a, I haven't, I just skimmed it a bit and it seems actually very, very yeah, interesting. I looked at it today. Anyway, moving on. Last small thing about the constitution stuff. So if you get your little book now, you know, you still have about a month to read it, and if you... Get a little uh, blue book. Yep. If you already have the, the right flag. to vote in this country, remember that elections are on September 4th. And it's they obligatory. Are mandatory, exactly. They're mandatory. So if you have... You need to, you need to check on the Cervera website to see if you as an immigrant right now are... If you as an immigrant are uh, eligible. Right, right. And, you know, you only have a valid excuse if on that day you're either A, abroad... B, more than 200 kilometers from a designated polling station, or C, sick, that means probably also you would have the to licencia. present a medical license. It's 200 from your polling station. Yeah, from your, desi no, from your designated polling station. Okay, I, under I understand. I thought you said a designated polling station. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> your designated <laughs> But if you are okay. slacking off for no good reason, you can actually get slapped with a fine from up to 3 UTM, which is around 174,000 pesos. Yeah, so, like, don't just be like, Merp. go go vote. Go vote. Inform yourself, don't go vote. Don't pay the fine. 
and that also applies to you if you over the age of 60 there has been a rumor that made the rounds that people over 60 are exempted from this obligation which is absolutely fake news so if you older than 60 gotta vote gotta yeah vote. contact so, your friends now if you're if you have an elderly person or you have trouble getting to your polling station contact a friend now um and see if you can get a ride ride share all those things i mean no, i'm i'm being I mean, serious because no, you being serious but it's just like it's funny it's just such an american thing to say because i've only heard this in american media the, the these calls to have and give you which is great no but because I've never there, heard was this a, in other there was a bus shortage yeah. no no i, I absolutely during support the presidential just, election like mm. it was an actual thing where like buses were not running in like poor sectors of the city yep. and so like all of my friends that had cars were like scrambling driving to different parts of the city to just give people rides to pull stations Tools. it's like you should you have the right to vote and you should no matter what you're voting you have that that right so right. um so don't rely to think that your bus is going to get there if you have a friend that's got a car make arrangements to them to drop you off pick you up do what you need because hey they don't play the server doesn't play when those polling stations oh, close down the they will like mafia man they, they will like, shut they, you out and use yep. the police to do it so Dude, they sent they sent like Get there early. They sent like rough boys to your house and beat you up and shit. So get there but, yeah, early. Get a ride and try to find like if you don't know where your polling station is, as you said before, Bethany, just check Cervel.cl. Check it in like two weeks from now, I would say. Right. Because right they, now they keep uploading more and more people. Because I checked it. It said, okay, you're registered here, you you can vote, but it didn't say, really say where to vote. So I think this is going to be updated in a few times. And it would also say if you are a vocal de mesa, like basically yeah. Vote counting duty. I don't know how you translate no, like, that. You're you're working at a poll polling yeah. station. If you are a foreigner, you can't do that. No, if you're a foreigner, you can't. But I'm just saying, yeah. like, so anyway, check just... it out. And if you're vocal de mesa, uh, make sure that you get there if you chill in vocal de mesa because if you don't go there and show up, you will also yeah, get because I mean there are a lot of there are a lot of people who live in Chile who are maybe half Chilean or whatever, but they're still Chilean. They might not know that living here that they could be pulled in to be a vocal. So like, I think it's important that you put that information out there. Right? Yeah. Right. If you don't know how to check your stuff and you're like, Stop it, Bethany, let me help me. Just message us on Instagram. We'll, we'll walk you through it. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Weed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, so on January 4th, there were a lot of uh, representatives from the independent democratic union. Or UDI, which is Lenny. Pinochet's party. Pinochet's political party. They presented a bill for monitoring drug consumption in the lower house. So this is all drug consumption, but it's really aimed, to be fair, at people who smoke weed. Because if you've been in Chile for any amount of time, you know Chileans love their weed. I'm pretty sure they're the highest per capita smoker of weed in America. I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. You walk down the streets, you just take one whiff. I mean, just like... because it's actually legal to smoke. It's not legal to buy, but it's legal to smoke and grow. Yeah, it's so it's like, like a whole thing. Limbo laws that they have all over Everybody the smokes weed everywhere. in this country. There's obviously political reasons behind this because obviously a lot of the more younger and therefore a lot of the more left people publicly have admitted to smoking weed including our president scandalous um in the past i'm not saying he smokes weed now uh but you know he doesn't inhale <laughs> womp womp no nobody okay so i'm from arkansas i had to say it. the bill <laughs> the bill says that all representatives should be tested twice a year and if a person tests tests positive the person will have to take another test and if that person tests positive again the person will be disqualified from discussing or voting any drug related bills I have to say, I do not think this is going to pass because, again, I think all Chileans smoke weed, including, like, rich, right, white, right. 
and ring people. And they're only going to be excluded from these specific bills? From discussing and voting... On drug-related bills? Like... Mm. Okay, so we've been fact-checking this drug testing thing, and according to our fact-checking, there actually seems to be not really any specifically, like, dictated consequences. They're just going to make it public who failed the drug tests. So there's that. Um, and they also said their goal is to prevent relationships between Congress and drug traffickers. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to work out either. Um so the final vote is going to be on August 13th. I'm sorry, you mean these really badass mafioso hardcore weed dealers? Yeah, you know, the weed deal. But I'm telling you, I everybody every like so many Chileans smoke weed from like anybody to like I have have students who have been like CFO, CEOs, AW, ABC, DOs from everything. They all smoke weed and so it just seems like really like so can, weird. Can you, can you imagine asking your like weed dealers like so? How's the human trafficking going in the north? And they were like, oh, drug oh, trafficking, not human dude. trafficking. Yeah, but you know they all do. Oh, yeah. these things and just like yeah, dude. I don't know, man. Whatever. I just I can't. Anyway, so Jaime Saez, um, who's from the Democratic Revolution Party, told the Kenyamo magazine that he quote likes cannabis. And that did not sit well with some political groups. The Republicans Party's former presidential candidate, Jose Antonio Cast, no one's surprised here, tweeted that, quote, a congressman working under the effects of a drug is under a danger. The effects of the, okay. <laughs> like, he, he gets he did stoned the marijuana. every time. He did the, mari he, he the did devil's the, lettuce. He, he did the marijuana. He takes a pill of marijuana oh, before he goes He injects the, the marijuana. He injects the devil's <laughs> cabbage. I'm telling you. But also, like, like... He's not in session under like. No, he's you not don't go smoking to work pot. Stoned. Like, he's not like doing a toke right before he goes into the. the I mean, depends the on the depends on the discussion. I would say. But. Right, actually, I know a congressperson who said that if this gets approved, that they would quit. Like, I know a congressperson that said quit that. Quit what? The job or the drug? The job. Okay. Like they would be like, "Fuck it." Uh, anyway, so gassed continued to clarify that he does not that he does not legislate under the effect of any drug um which congratulations just jesus okay <laughs> just those weird hallucinogens you take cast just fascism okay so days after size's statement ana maria gasmurri an independent congress member told la tercera that she also consumes weed and she says i'm not on i'm not only not ashamed of it, I grow my own plants and I speak about them. I act with my head up. You know why? Because I don't feed. I don't feed drug smuggling. So, in her point of view, it's like if this was legal, if we talked about it more, there wouldn't be a need to smuggle these drugs, and we could just like have an open conversation about it. Which I tend to agree. Yeah, that's my own kind of right. situation. Again, why are we focusing on pot when like? And that's it's the thing, not like even if they like... try to diminish the contact between Congress, Congress people and drug traffickers, I mean, sorry, I'm not an ex I really am not, I don't barely smoke at all, but I'm pretty sure that most of the weed that people smoke here grows in Chile. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not being trafficked. No, the trafficking <laughs> things is not weed, and, like, people need to stop worrying about, like, oh, my God, like, it's not the problem. The drug trafficking is not weed. It's just not. It's cocaine, it's other things, it's not, it's not weed, and... If they were testing for cocaine, then the right wing was maybe. I guess they're testing for. I don't both, know what they're testing for, to be fair. But I just think it's ridiculous. Like if this they're going to be drug testing, they better be testing for all. They better the be drugs. testing for everything, right? 
Um, so we'll see what happens with that. We'll keep you updated. Uh, yeah. And I think that's all we're going to cover for today. Hey. Know. Today. Let's go smoke some weed. Hey, you know what? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm not, I'm not, you know, what the devil's cabbage or whatever they call it. Uh, do, take a marijuana pill or whatever they say. Um, but hey, do you do you. Uh, we're not uh, supporting the use of, of dangerous pills on this website. Wait, what? Podcast? But uh, everybody, See, you know. she's high already. See, I'm high on life. I'm high on life. Okay, so thank you guys for joining in for with us today. We'll update you next week on more news. And don't forget to check out our Patreon. And if you have any questions, follow us on our Instagram, Facebook, Gmail, all that kind of stuff, YouTube channel. And we'll see you next time. So when in doubt, Green go out. Okay, bye. bye. The Chile Today podcast is hosted by Leonard Kluge and Bethany Francis and produced by Diego Pinguino Rivera. For more information on the news topics you heard today, check out chiletoday.cl.